Hi, everybody. On today's episode of Still to be Determined, we're going to be talking about a liquid sunburn. That's right. <laughs> Carry that burn in a bottle. As usual, I'm Sean Farrell. I write some sci-fi. I write some stuff for kids. And I'm also curious about tech development and evolution. And luckily for me, my brother is Matt Farrell of Undecided with Matt Farrell. You know him. You love him. Admit it. Seriously, admit it. Go into the comments and admit it. Say, I admit I love Sean Farrell. I mean, Matt Farrell. You can throw me in there, too, if you like. So how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. It's a little hot, but I'm doing well. Well, hot is the key word for today's episode. It is hot. We yeah. <laughs> just yesterday, my girlfriend said, oh, the good news is that we are, as of tomorrow, officially going to be, quote, out of the heat wave, which means it's only going to be 90. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's that's good news? Question mark. <laughs> the heat wave broke? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. It's been pretty, pretty warm here in New York City. I went out for dinner yesterday with my girlfriend and my son and both my son and I looked at each other as we were putting on our shoes because our shoes, we leave them outside the outside door of our apartment. They're in the hallway of the apartment building. We have a little shoe rack there. And as we were putting them on, I said, it's a little disturbing to put on shoes. I haven't worn all day and they are warm. (laughs) Kind of gross. Yes, it was pretty disgusting it felt a little bit like somebody with a fever had just taken them off oh yeah so it's apropos for today's episode because we're going to be talking about we're talking about a heat wave we're talking about all that heat that is generated by the sun and if only there was some way to take that heat capture it yes and put it into liquid form what does that even make sense well it does We're talking about Matt's most recent episode. This is why this liquid that stores solar energy for years matters. This episode dropped on August 2nd, 2022. That's right. I actually know the date of this episode without hesitation. Why is that? Because the dates are back on the videos. Guess who actually tweeted at YouTube that it's dumb (laughs) to remove dates from the videos. Yeah. And YouTube tweeted back. YouTube tweeted back. Are you talking about on other people's videos or on your videos? Because there's a bug, quote unquote, there's a bug. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I will. I don't feel like I'm going too far out on a limb to say I don't believe it was a bug. I think that there was, was a test. I think it was a test to see how this goes over. Let's make every video seem as if it could have been uploaded today. And I think the response was a solid why would you even want to do this? It just yeah. uh, created a air of constant permanent misinformation. If you look up a subject and you get a video from three years ago that says, yeah, the web telescope is never going to work. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. all the, all the levels of misinformation that can come out of that. I'm glad that it has been remedied, whether it was somebody turning a bad idea off or whether it was a correction of a bug in the system. I'm happy to be able to say, I know exactly what day Matt dropped this video. (laughs) 8-2-22. That's right. So Matt, if you could treat me like the dullard that I am. Yeah. And explain to me what is happening here. The sun, (laughs) she is burning. She's burning. She is burning hot. And somebody somewhere has said, yeah, we're taking that hot from, from ye sun. (laughs) 
and we're turning it into liquid gold. Yes. What is the process here? What are we talking about? We're talking about capturing solar energy and then converting it to a liquid polymer that can then later uh, be broken to release the energy. Not, is this, am I anywhere no. near the right? Okay. No, no. <laughs> so I'm not an engineer, but the high level basics of the physics at play are photons or we're being bombarded by photons from the sun all the time. Wait, what? And photons. Yeah, I know. The photons are hitting molecules and they cause the molecules to vibrate and they vibrate the faster they vibrate. They're generating heat. That's why when you walk out in the sun and you're, you feel the sun's rays hitting you, you feel warm. It's, it's literally making your vib molecules vibrate. Mm. So essentially if a more direct, direct way to capture the energy from the sun would be to capture that heat, mm. you know, the heat that is generated from the photons in theory. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these different ways that we can do this. And I walk through all those like concentrated solar plants, like the IVIMPA system that has taken the sun, directing it onto a big, basically block of molten salt that's superheating it. And, and it can store that heat energy for days to slowly trickle it out over time. So if it's cloudy for a while, it doesn't matter because you're still using that heat that's been stored up mm -hmm. from all those photons bombarding the system there's different ways to store that heat. And this is one of those new, interesting, well, new ish, interesting ways to do that. And what it's doing is when the photons are basically hitting these man-made molecules, it hits them and they basically change shape. So it changes shape from one type of molecule into another. And when the molecule is changing shape back, it generates heat by changing back. Right. So what you're doing is by changing the molecules shape, because energy is never destroyed. That. It is only stored. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just storing it temporarily. And then when you want to run a, run it through a catalyst that flips it back into position, it releases that heat back out mm -hmm. where the inefficiencies come in. I mean, that there is efficiency. There's potential energy loss in that transformation, but there's also energy loss when you're trying to convert that heat back into something like electricity. So, if you know, like a power plant, you take that heat, you boil water, you capture that steam and it turns a turbine that generates electricity. Yeah. There's efficiency losses along that path. So there's little losses all along the way, which kind of is why the efficiency number that I brought up in the video is kind of low, but it's still a promising technology to store solar for when you need it. Imagine, imagine a part of the world where, uh, you get plenty of solar radiation during the summer, but in the winter you get like next to nothing. Imagine like a squirrel hoarding its nuts. Imagine being right. able to store incredible amounts of solar energy from the summer and then reuse it in the winter. Like we're talking seasonal shifts of energy. And I'm not saying that this thing that I talked to Casper from Chalmers University is that's what theirs could be used for, but that's kind of like the, the direction that people are looking into of okay. how can we do long-term energy storage to be able to cover us for those times that we don't generate enough from renewable energy. Yeah. I'm glad you Casper's thing is more, is it's a smaller scale than that. And yeah. it's still in the lab. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting that you frame it like that because a lot of the comments did s seem to take issue with how is this even potentially viable? Whereas what mm -hmm. you seem to be saying is we've just gotten a little tiny peek behind a curtain that may yes. indicate there's a larger room on the other side, but we don't know for sure. Right. Yeah. There was, there were comments like this one from Vamund. I'm going to slaughter this name. I'm going to apologize already <laughs> in advance. I'm going to slaughter your name. <laughs> Vamund. Yeah. Dirkolt. Dirkolbotten. 
I'm going to say that that's what the name is. And I'm going to apologize right now, if that's not even close. The <laughs> Mund writes, you didn't specify the energy density of the most fluid. Most, of course, being the acronym of the type yeah. of fluid, not... Yeah. You didn't, the most impressive the acronym most, I've ever seen. Yes, it is. <laughs> he writes, so I found it for you. It's 396 kilojoules per kilogram which is 110 watt hours per kilogram. Lithium ion batteries are almost three times that. Volumetric yes. density is 359 kilojoules per liter compared to more than 730 watt hours per liter for lithium ion. Maximum theoretical specific density is 966 kilojoules per 200 equals 268 watt hours from the paper. I don't know if links are permitted anyway. They're using derivatives to increase the energy collection efficiency and possibly stability. So you can have 3% 18 years or 268 watt hours, not all at once. And then right. his comment goes on. He, he continues for quite a while to explain that this is likely not safe for battery use. That He mentions that the, the liquid would actually potentially be very, very flammable. The idea of having this in a headset as a battery or a phone as a battery would be yeah. likely very dangerous. That's not, that's not how it's going to be used. That That's not even how it's being proposed to be used. So it's not that he's wrong. It's right. that's not what this would be. That's not the use case for this. Right. So I wanted you to have the opportunity to, to give that statement. I also brought this question specifically up or this comment specifically up. And just a reminder to our listeners, comments are a huge part of the engine of this podcast and they are also mm -hmm. a huge part of the engine of matt's main channel so mm -hmm. please don't forget to jump into the comments with any thoughts or responses to what we're talking about but he goes on to explain all this and i wanted to bring this up for the opportunity to say to you if you were to rank things from we're doing this already to might be might be neat but who knows where would you mm -hmm. put this on that list of things it's somewhere in between those two. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, this is one of the challenges that I have with my videos is I, I am not trying to say that a specific piece of technology is like fully vetted. This is a hundred percent going to happen. That's not what my videos are about. It's right. more about this looking is not at things of, this is not investment advice. This is no, yeah, <laughs> no, it's more about look at the the ingenuity that's happening. Look at the clever thinking. Look at the ways that people are trying to tackle these problems in clever ways. And even if Casper's research itself doesn't go somewhere, it may cause a branch somewhere down the line for somebody else that creates something different that's coming off of his research. That's that's how science works and exploration like this works. You're standing on the shoulders of those that came before you and building off of different advances that may have never gone anywhere but then years later, there's a way that you can actually reuse what was learned from that a different way. Right. So when I was talking to Casper about this, that's, that was my mindset on this video. It was look at the clever thinking of where things might go. And to, for that comment specifically, this has never been proposed by Casper or anybody to be a battery replacement. This is more about capturing solar energy in a different way right. than a solar panel does. So imagine what you can do with this if you combine those two. Right. Because there are already um, kind of combination solar panels you can get today that 
capture thermal energy as well as the solar energy. Those exist today, but they typically use things like water and other liquids just to kind of capture the heat and pump it into the house that you can use for hot water. Right. This is a type of system that would not only those photons would not only be knocking those electrons free inside of a solar panel that could be used for electricity, some of those photons would be captured into these molecules to be able to be stored for heat that could be used inside the house to help generate hot water in the middle of the night. So it's there, it's once you start to think about like, oh, you could apply it in those different ways, that's when you realize the potentials of where this could go a decade from now. Uh, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk to Casper was to kind of show what might be a, what might be a possibility, but this would never be in, you know, your headsets or used in place of lithium ion batteries. It, it comes back to, you know, I've talked about this numerous times, uh, the right tool for the right job. Right. And that would be the wrong use for this tool. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of figuring out where it makes sense to use. And if it does make sense, and then of course, costs and manufacturing and scaling things up. So Casper still has a lot of work ahead of him. Um, as they continue to tweak the molecules and how well it works, but it, it's an interesting advance that they've been, they've been showcasing recently. That leads into the next two comments that I wanted to share this one from Dave Stagner, who writes, this is cool because it's a new technological concept I haven't seen before, rather than just a refinement of an existing concept. The isomer plus catalyst approach is fundamentally different from producing a liquid fuel that requires later combustion and needs careful handling from combustion dangers or straight thermal storage. And because it's a liquid, it could theoretically be made in sunny areas and shipped to less sunny areas if the mm -hmm. energy density makes shipping worthwhile. I think the energy de density issue is a key element of this. It would make zero mm -hmm. sense if this was the equivalent of the most minimal energy output it would make no sense to try to ship it somewhere else if shipping would actually use 10 times yeah. as much energy so yeah. i think that right out of the gate the concept that's been presented so far has been this would be local energy yeah. storage for local energy usage likely and then there was this from frederick, Lar frederick larson who wrote this opens for some, this opens up something very important. The use of solar also in parts of the world that not only has sun and it only has sun during parts of the year. What is even more important is you can compensate for the need of energy by using a lot of absorbing units. It gives the ability mm -hmm. for the producer to adapt to the need for electricity rather than limitations of storage. In the long run, I dare say that's the key to the economy because the price per unit will be possible to be lower at the drastically in the end we already have everything needed to absorb sunlight it's the other end that's the problem this could potentially yeah. solve that problem and yep. i think that that's more on the nose with where the technology currently looks this is not the same as saying oh we're storing enough energy that you could take this and then pour it into the vats in a different city and provide electricity to that city this is as you suggested potentially something where if somebody could say, well, now we have a solar panel that has this layer beneath the, it feels the, additive. Yeah. The it's, spectrum, like the spectrum of yep. absorption happening on one level and then the heat absorption happening on another level and potentially being able to keep some of that heat stored in liquid form for at night when the sun goes down, but those panels are still effectively producing electricity. That would be the potential side effect here. There's also this, and I think it's a good reminder, Matt, to you, 
Daedalus Dream Journal writes, it would be good to plan for a one year later or several years later videos on some of these technologies. It would show yep. which of these have or have not had a breakthrough. And you've done that in the past. And yes. it's always fascinating to go back and revisit. I would take a next step and say, I hope you plan on doing revisits with some of the individuals that you've interviewed, because I think yes. catching up on some of those interviews to find out like you had big plans, how did that go? I think there's a great opportunity there for, for deepening the conversations in those regards. Yeah, that's definitely on my, my agenda. Like I have a whole idea board of all the topics I'd like to cover and on there are revisiting topics like tr as a reminder to me to keep checking in on those companies and a lot of times the people i'm interviewing they're reaching back out to me saying hey oh, here's an update on how we've been doing so i'm i'm actually getting updates from some people i've already talked to uh like i've talked to battery recycling companies like american manganese and i get regular updates from them as to their pilot testing and and press releases they're putting out so it's like i'm keeping tabs on these and when I feel like there's enough there to give an update on, I will absolutely do it because if it doesn't succeed, I'm going to, I'll put out a video about that and talk about why it didn't succeed. And if it does succeed, I'll put out a video about it and mm -hmm. why it's succeeding. <laughs> so it's like, I have no horse in the race, whether these companies succeed or fail. It's, it's my, my interest in the ingenuity behind it. And so it's like covering the, the successes and failures, uh, like a year two, three years later, I'm absolutely on board for that. So I, I like to see viewers commenting along those same lines mm -hmm. of, are you going to revisit? Yes, I will. I would even suggest that there might be a model of doing a video, which might be about two or three things that are interconnected and providing oh, yeah. smaller updates instead of waiting for there to be enough from one source. Good because idea. if you have something that's, let's say about recycling of things and you've got updates yeah. from two or three different previous interviews, to be able to say, and now we're going to talk about what happened with those three things and then be able to jump back into those. That would be, I think, a, another way of utilizing some of those updates instead of keeping that information in your back pocket for the what if they have a breakthrough or a change in yeah. the next six months. It'd be a great way to keep that conversation going in the in the short term as well. Yeah, I love that. It's a great idea. So listeners, let us know, do you think that this kind of breakthrough with this kind of tech would fit into your region or your local city or your neighborhood's plans? Would you see investing in this as a good step forward? Or do you think that it's one of those, well, it's a nice concept and it's good for academics, but it really doesn't have much of a place in what my community is doing or what we're looking for. Let us know in the comments. Don't forget, you can reach out to us through the contact information in the podcast description, or you can jump on YouTube directly beneath this video and leave a comment there. And another way you can support the show is consider leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it was you found this podcast originally. Leave a comment there. That comment should be something along the lines of, these guys are awesome and I want to give them money. <laughs> and hey... If you do want to give us money, see what I did there, Matt? Yes, I did. You can I go like to that. stilltbd.fm, click on the become a supporter button there. It allows you to throw quarters at our heads, and we appreciate the bruises. If you want to throw quarters at our heads right here on YouTube, just click the join button, and the quarters come a flying, and the bruises start us swelling, and we love it. Thank you so much for that support. <laughs> All of that really does help support the show. Thank you so much for listening or watching, and we'll talk to you next time.